Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you are joining us. You know, with all of the negative news with what's going on in the world, sometimes we just we just need to take a break get away with our thoughts, get away and let our imagination soar, if you will. You know, we see things on television that just seem to promote evil all day and night long. Uh, Anything and anyone who holds to biblical views is either cast as a clown or as a far-right lunatic. And as Christians, sometimes we find it difficult to watch programs like this or read books that really depict the same thing, because a lot of the TV shows are based off of books. We need to support artists and authors and movie producers that depict Christians in a positive light, and that's what our ministry has made a point of doing over the last 10, 12 years. And yes, we can still have fictional stories. Yes, we can still allow our imaginations to take us away to distant places. But wouldn't it be nice to have a storyline that provides some perils and provides some troubles and some obstacles, things that we can relate to in our everyday lives, but yet the good guy wins in the end? Those are the types of stories that allow us to take that mental break and allow our minds to relax, just flow with the story and not not have to worry about subtle evil thoughts entering our minds, hearts, and souls. These are the types of things we need our children, teens, and young adults to read as well, allowing the Christian message to be the subtle underlying seeds being planted. Amen? Uh, Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. You know what I'm talking about. Well, our guest today is doing just that. Amen? Marie Ehrlich is the author of a book series I have just introduced to you, especially at this time of year, amen? Her book series, Daughters of Tamaray, consists of two books at the moment, but more are going to be added. The first book is called Etiana's Worth, and the second is Antiana's Calling. Both of these books were written for young women to let them know that they are loved and called by Christ for a specific purpose. Maria's books, although fictional, show that life can, at times, be difficult. But by maintaining our faith in God, you are able to overcome everything and win in the end. Amen. Help me welcome to the program, Marie Ehrlich. Marie, thank you for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Marie Ehrlich? Yeah. Um, so my, my name is Marie Elric and then, um, but my pen name is MH Elric. So if you look it up on Amazon or wherever you get your books, um, you'll be able to find them there. But in my own words, I would say that I am a author, but I'm also a reader and I'm a teacher. So it's like I balance a lot of different things and passions I have. I think that I started writing books because I love reading them. And I've always enjoyed, you know, of course, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, like many of my fellow Christian fantasy authors. 
And they just inspired me to think about fantasy in a new way and to think, oh, I can honor God doing something that I love and even talking about something that many people consider silly, like elves or, you know, fairies or something like that. Um, But I felt like because I saw those books and I read those books, I was very inspired by them and I knew what the power of words could do. And that is why I decided to write books and also teach about them so that I could share with my students, look, this is the power of words. And I feel like even by studying fictional books, we can understand the Bible better. Because if you can understand the symbolism in something like the Scarlet Letter, then you can understand the symbolism that God has in the Bible and his creativity that he has with metaphors and similes and imagery and all those things to help us understand more about him and what he's created. So really, that's kind of a little bit about me is just reading and teaching and doing those things and trying to balance all of it and together. (laughs) Amen. Amen. When did you first realize that you had a special calling to write fantasy books? So I was actually in the fourth grade, which most people can't say, oh, when I was a little kid, you know, I dreamed of doing this and it became true. You know, I feel like a lot of times our childish dreams or fantasies don't come true. Um, But I am very blessed that when we were going through 40 Days of Purpose as a church, um, you know, that book by Rick Warren, Mm -hmm. um, when we went through that book, uh, they had like a kid's version for the kids Sunday school. And I remember our Sunday school leader saying, do you have something that you could use to honor God, like something that God's given you and he's calling you to do? And even in fourth grade, I was like, Lord, what is it you want me to do? And I felt very distinctly, he said, I want you to write books for me and I want you to write, you know, what I call you to write. And I didn't know what genre that wouldn't be in particular, but my background was my family grew up with the C.S. Lewis and the Tolkien and the Ted Decker and all that stuff. And so that influenced my writing. And when I sit down to write on a piece of paper, it just came out as fantasy from what God had given me. And so that's when I first felt that call or inclination to write. Man, but the 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 theme though was that you wanted to emphasize faith in God and telling the stories in your books, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing is um I I wanted to honor God in my writing and I wasn't sure when I started what that would actually end up being because I feel like God was kind of guiding me along and really helping me put words to paper. And then after I read it, I realized, oh, this is a reflection of finding your worth and identity in Christ. That's what Atanya's worth is really about. And then Atanya's calling was very much about trusting in the Lord and leaning on Him. And so, and then my future book, I plan on doing like God Fights Our Battles. That's what Atanya's Destiny, I hope, is about. So sometimes uh, what I've learned is from the process, I can go to God and ask him, okay, what kind of theme do you want for this book, Lord? Like, what do you want to say through me? And how can you use me to convey that? And then I feel like he helps me write it. And I don't, 
Um, some people, you know, have said, oh, the biggest problem with Christian fiction is that it can be too preachy. Like that's a bad, you know, that's terrible thing. But I feel like, you know, if you're guided by the Holy Spirit and you're really doing what he's called you today do, and you have good editors, they can help you convey that in a way that's meaningful and not like beating someone over the head with the Bible, <laughs> you know? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And your first book was Atania's Worth. So what's that story mm-hmm. about? Okay, so that story is about Atanya. She learns that she has uh, powers that can help her make evil beings powerless, kind of like making a werewolf a man again, that sort of thing. And she is not happy with this. She's always wanted to be a librarian, like just in her, you know, with her books. Of course, I can relate to that. And so I felt like that would be a perfect career for her. And But her father, who's been kind of waging this war against, I guess, the monsters of the land, is like, yes, my daughter has these powers and abilities to help me out. She should be happy about this. And father and daughter are not happy with one another. You know, they have a lot of wrestling about this and about Atanya's specific calling by God to defeat these evil monsters, you know, that are plaguing their land. And um, there, so... A king turns out to be kind of the villain behind these monsters, and they have to get the allies of different kingdoms, I guess you could say, inside of this land and go around and get those allies so that they can have a rebellion against the evil king. And so it's kind of about her journey with that, trying to learn how to use her powers, wrestling with her father's idea of what she should do and what God's idea is. And then, of course, she has a bodyguard who she falls in love with, and he also is dealing with his own past issues and things that he blames himself for and the guilt he feels. So I feel like a lot of my first book especially is a tale of redemption, finding love in God, and um, ultimately embracing what he asks you to do, even if it's scary or not something you wanted. So that's a lot of what is a Tanya's worth. Is this somehow uh, like a reflection on your life being told in the story? In a way, um, I think that, you know, it is say there is some truth to the saying, write what you know. Obviously, I've never been to Tamnery and I've never <laughs> gone there <laughs> as a fantasy world, you know, but um, I feel like. Uh, Tanya's journey to finding love and acceptance in God is one that I can relate to. And I think a lot of women can relate to because we all struggle with issues of identity, especially in a world where the beautiful woman is touched up by computers and AI and makeup. And so we look at that woman and we think, why can't I be like her? I'm not as skinny as her. I'm not as pretty as her. My hair isn't like hers. And that is something you wrestle with, especially as a teenager and as a young adult. And if you do not get, like, I personally did not get any um, male attention, like, no, not a lot of guys like me. In fact, I didn't really date at all because none of them actually formed friendships with me or asked me out or anything like that. But, and so for when I was a young woman, it was very hurtful because I thought, what's wrong with me? You know, why, why aren't any guys interested in me? Is there something I'm doing? 
But as I became an adult, it's like God helped me to realize, no, he created me the way I am. He loves me. He thinks of me as beautiful and he will bring the right person into my life Um, because eventually I met my husband who is very much someone that I was glad that I didn't have to date 15 other guys to find him, you know? Um, So I feel like that's why Atanya's worth is a bit of a reflection of me in the sense that I feel like every woman struggles with that. And I could relate to Tanya and her struggles with finding her worth and her identity and her calling in God and what he has for you. Amen. Amen. And, and although these stories are fictional and, and fantasy books, you don't really overplay the the magic portion of the, of the books like some of the other ones out there, right? Yeah. So something that is uh, very unique about my books. Now, some People have said they're magical. I personally don't think they're any more magical than C.S. Lewis or Tolkien. Okay. And I make it very clear that magic, as I understand it, which is spells, witchcraft, um, incantations, are used by the evil one. And so my evil characters are usually the ones doing spells or incantations and things like that. Versus the powers that are in my book are more like superpowers or natural abilities. Um, So I consider it more like if God gives us each talents and things that he has for us, then what if those talents or abilities or those natural inclinations were the ability to shoot fire out of your hands or grow plants? You know, what if that was what God gave you instead of what we have here on earth, which is like sports ability or intellectual ability or technology or nature or something like that. Instead, it's like a power or superpower. And so that's what I consider the powers in my book, which is why I've never considered them magic at all. Um, And so that's how I kind of walk that line. But I understand that there are many people who have variations on what they find acceptable and what they don't. But I try to emphasize that what is natural and good talents or powers, and then the evil powers are related to spells, witchcraft, the devil, Satan, demons, that kind of thing. And emphasizing that contrast in my book. Amen. Amen. And and obviously there has to be some kind of evil villain that needs to be defeated, right? Tell us about this character. Yeah, so um I my villains are fascinating. Um for my first book in Atani's Worth, um I had always wanted to do like a couple as a villain because I was inspired by Ahab and Jezebel from the Bible. And so I have Torin and Giselle, and yes, Giselle's name is based on Jezebel from the Bible. And Torin is very much being manipulated by his wife to go on this campaign of defeating um, Tanya and her father and her in her love interest. And he's on this like epic campaign against them. But it's weird because he's weirdly motivated by a twisted form of love. Like I want to kind of show this contrast between true love and then like twisted love like you shouldn't just do evil things just because a loved one says well if you loved me you would do this you know that's not real love that's twisted 
And so I kind of concentrated on that a lot for my first book. And then in my second one, it's more focused on Giselle, like her his wife, and her quest for vengeance and how vengeance can consume you and how she actually, she and Torin have a child in the first book. And it's like, she is such on this quest for vengeance. She's ignoring the future she has with her own child and how that evil can utterly consume you um, and how vengeance is never a good thing. Because I do feel like our media today kind of portrays vengeance as something that's great. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you feel so good when you take vengeance on someone else. But God clearly says in his Bible, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That is not your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I kind of both those characters to me, I make them you, I make them so that you can understand them, but not that you can go, "Mm, even though I understand where you're coming from, it's still evil and wrong. Like I want to make that very clear because I know there's a lot of anti-villains or anti-heroes out there, but I don't like that. I want to make it very clear that no matter how, quotes, noble your intentions are, if you're doing the wrong things, you're still doing the wrong things. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and the second book, Etienne's Calling, I take it this is a continuation of the first book, right? So yes. what's this story about? Yeah. So this one is um, Giselle. And it goes to find a demon and she's going to find a demon so that she can have more powers to defeat Atanya and her companions. And so she actually agrees to be demon possessed in order to defeat Atanya. In her mind, that's the only way to do it. Even though talk like I give the demon a voice kind of like screw tape letters you know type of thing and even though it's very clear and she has suspicions that the demon isn't out for her own good it's only out for its good it she still goes with it and she still obeys so Tanya's quest is to try and stop this uh, Giselle and the demon from destroying um, Northern Tamnery. So I have Tamnery split into two Northern South and from coming eventually to the South and, you know, destroying the South Southern Tamnery. So that's her entire quest in that quest. She meets someone named Zayden, who is a prince who is actually working as a double agent. So he's working for Giselle, but he pretends to be Tanya's friend. So I kind of have this same theme, and I like to use the verses from Proverbs especially. So my first one was on Tanya's worth was all about, uh, you know, the where it says a woman who is faithful to God, she is worth far more than rubies. Um, that verse. And then this one was more like charm is deceptive, but a woman who trusts the Lord is to be praised. And I wanted to show that, especially through Zayden, that he is charming. He is, um, you know, someone who's a very rogue character, kind of like Han Solo from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And you're just not sure. Can you trust him? Can you not? And a Tanya thinking the better of someone um, tends to trust him more 
and kind of learning throughout the story, okay, who can I really trust? Should I put my trust in people or myself, or should I put my trust in the Lord? And so it's a lot of that theme of trusting God and discerning good from evil and right from wrong. And so, um, and then it all around the quest of trying to stop Giselle and this demon from doing something wrong to the country and disrupting everything else. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Do the characters in your book age or do they stay about the same age in the storyline? Yeah, they do. So uh, I think Atanya starts out at 18. Yeah, she starts out at 18 in Atanya's worth. By the time Atanya's calling starts, she's about 19. Um, and by the time it ends, I think she's still about 19, almost 20. Um, so I usually have about a year for each book. Um and then I would say like Kiel, her love interest is about 2021. 20, um, same with Zayden. They're about two years older than her. And then, of course, her father. Um, her father is a little unique because I based him upon the disciples in the Bible, it, but as if they could have longer lives. So as if Jesus said, hey, Peter, you know, you're going to live for X amount of years and minister to my people. So her father's like over 200 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, but I have this kind of theme, like they can only have a few children just because then it would make sense if you're long living longer, that you could only have a few kids. And it's not like a Tanya will live as long as he could either. Um, so yeah, so he's a little bit older, but um, my other characters do age, and I kind of take them from like I guess you could say adult, like early adulthood to a little bit of later adulthood. Amen. 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 Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Marie Elric. I know you've gotten a lot of just this portion of the interview about her book series, Daughters of Tamnare. Amen? Now, the good news is, this is just part one of what turned into a great two-part interview with Marie, so be sure to come back for the very next episode as we'll be continuing our discussion about her story and the background on the first two books in this series, Atania's Worth and Atania's Calling. Amen? But while you wait for part two to arrive in your inbox, drop down in the show notes and order these books. I'll have the links right there for you, so all you have to do is click the link and you're taken directly to the purchase page. Praise God. Till next time, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing. 
never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.